On today's show, we're sitting down with realtor Aftab Dillon to get us insight on current market trends, how we got started with investing, and why Windsor is on fire, and I don't mean burning down. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Taco from Taco Investing, and um, we're going to be talking about today with uh, a realtor out of Windsor, and I think it's important to have a, a strong team with you. Uh, just like I always mentioned, having a strong real estate investing contractor, someone who's real estate investing focused for you. You also need to work with the right team around you to help buy and purchase these properties for your investment deals. So you don't want to be using your Toronto real estate agent to be purchasing property in Windsor because the guy in Windsor is going to have more of an understanding of the city, the market, the areas, even what the rents are, whether you're overpaying or underpaying, and you'll have a much better vision on on what a great deal is and what a good deal is and it'll help you stay focused and you know help you reach your goals um so i met this guy in the army and uh he's doing a lot of big things so after that maybe you can just quickly just talk about you know who you are and where you kind of got your start and then we can go from there yeah for sure so like uh we met in the army i lived in brampton ontario and then from there, did the army, went to university, went to Waterloo and real estate. I was brought in by uh, my business partner. He's a friend of mine as well. And he thought I would be really good in real estate. He sort of forced me into it at the start to learn. And I thank him for that every day because yeah. it changed my life. He forced and, you into it? Uh, yeah. You know, it, it was something I thought about, but never really did. And he was like, you can do it. He, he sort of told me the benefits. He, and he saw the sport. He saw, yeah. the, he saw that you could kill it. In the- yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he said. He's like, you're going to kill it. He's like, start working on it. He's like, make some moves. And I was That's like, good. okay. And yeah. he's been mentoring you along? Yeah. He Honestly, without him, I would have had a way slower start. Because if you look back to like a year and a half, two years ago, um, starting off, a lot of agents don't grow as fast as I did. So he sort of gave me that uh, head start where I learned a lot from him in a very short period of time. And that head start pushed me forward to where I am today. Well, it's amazing. <laughs> and well, like now we're sitting in our office in Windsor and we had a grand opening last week. I know I missed it. Yeah. I'm hey, sorry, yeah. dude. I'm sorry. Uh, I had my okay. flights booked and everything. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, had a family yeah. obligation. So yeah. It's okay. We're going to have to open a new <laughs> office for you to <laughs> attend the next grand opening. Yeah. Let me know. We'll be there. Yeah. 100%. But, um, okay. So you're, you became an agent <laughs> in Windsor. And so obviously you guys had this big grand opening at this new office. So what brought you to Windsor? Like what, tell us a little bit about the Windsor market. Why, why are people investing in Windsor and what, what are you guys doing out here? Yeah. So Windsor, we were first attracted because, well, prices are way lower than the GTA. So obviously we have to look into it, but when, uh, so when you say lower, can we get like, what does a single family home in Brampton go for versus what a single family home in Windsor? Yeah. Like kind of relative size. Yeah. So if you look at, let's say a $1.4 million house in Brampton, nothing special, very, very cookie cutter house down here for a million dollars, you can get a way larger house, probably some sort of custom design, huge lot size, way better living, more open and it just made a lot more sense. And then when you look at the investing side, when you look at sort of the near the university, you're looking at single family houses under 500,000 and under 500, under five, under 500,000. And this is today in like 2022. Uh, this is today in 2022, <laughs> Okay, which it's hard to say no to that. So when you look at, let's say Waterloo, when you're looking at investment properties and you're looking at the million dollar price range, 
we're getting the same rent, but for a way lower cost, half the price. So it's something you have to look into at the start. That's incredible. Okay, so it's a good place to definitely start into uh, real mm-hmm. estate investing for sure, because uh, yeah. Austin, Toronto would obviously require way more capital. Yeah. So what are you, what are you investing in? What are you, like, are you buying property out here? I was saying, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're buying some property. What yeah. sort of properties are you into? Like what's your... So started with single family, uh, easiest, lowest cost, uh, lowest capital needed to get in. But now we've branched out to multifamily. Multifamily is a whole different game, but once you get into multifamily, you grow so much faster. The single family, if you're, let's say you're a young guy, you're a first time buyer, yep. you're getting into investing. Single family investment property is a great stepping stone, lets you get into the market, low capital, but teaches you the little things that you need to know. And then you can sort of use it as a stepping stone and keep going from there. But multifamily, once you get into that space, that's when you can really expand and start making some really big moves. And then in this uh, single family, so we like to talk about investing for, especially like the younger guys or the newer generation. So what type of rentals are you putting into these little single families? Are you converting them into duplexes or trying to convert them into conversions? Or can you just buy mm-hmm. place, little effort into it? Like what sort of things are you doing into a typical place yeah. you, you've done recently? Yeah, exactly. So when you, uh, like a good example is like uh, the first single family I bought. Bought it for 420, had five bedrooms and it was a basement unit, very trashed, yeah. like unusable. But that was a good start for me because easy to rent out. All I did was I went in, the washer and dryer didn't work just switched those out, painted the entire house, made one more bedroom. It was actually a four bedroom when I bought it, added a fifth bedroom to get more rent out of it and then finish off the basement. Very, very, very minimal work. With most of these single families, usually my younger clients who are getting into their first family house, a single family house investment property, I try to find properties that only need what we like to call lipstick touches. Yeah. So it's just on top touches, paint, maybe some flooring, change the lighting, just make the property look a little nicer because that drives the rent up. Because getting deeper than that is where it starts to get really expensive. And if it's not needed, you you might start losing out on it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then, so we talked about Windsor. There's a lot of universities and stuff around Windsor. Yeah. So is student rentals a big thing? Would you Huge. recommend that for a newer investor or like what sort of hurdles do you normally deal with in those so, types of investments. Yeah. For a new investor, student rental is the easiest to learn on because turnover is so high. If you don't have a good group of students, you're guaranteed you can switch them out, get a new group of students in next year or even semester, however you do the leases. But it's a great way to learn. Rent is always there. Students are always there. University's not shutting down. The college isn't shutting down. Um, Even during the pandemic, the biggest question I had was now students don't need to go onto campus. Are you still having renters? Cause yeah. are they even going to travel out this far and live near campus? There's so many international students. So they come from out of, um, out of the country. They still need to stay in country for reasons to get their PR here. Yeah. So the rental market, especially in a city like Windsor is always strong. So with students, and if you're getting, just getting into investing, it's a safe bet because you know, you're going to get the rent. And if you have low capital to begin with, um, affording the house, maintaining the house, you have to take into account how well the rental market is. Because if you buy a family house for rent and you can't get a family in there for a few weeks, yep. you might run into some trouble because you're going to be paying a lot of, um, your, your burn rate's going to be a lot higher. Mm. But with these student rentals, it's easy. Even if uh, for some reason it's mid-semester, you, you yep. don't have prime rent students ready to go, 
you can throw in some students, they'll pay lower, but at least your burn rate is so cut you can, down. You can fill it quickly. Yeah, you can fill it very quickly. That's very interesting. I don't do too many student rentals. I don't think I've ever done a student rental, mm. so it's pretty interesting to hear yeah. uh, these things. But you were touring us around uh, Windsor today. Yeah. And I definitely thought it was a different city than yeah. what you showed me. So it's incredible to see what's happening here. It's really interesting. I'm definitely going to come back to visit you for, uh, <laughs> you know, a tour maybe an investment or two. Yeah. Um, so multifamily, so you, so multifamily, what sort of things are different in multifamily do you find versus small family, especially when it comes to the rental portion of it yeah. and then as well as the financing? Mm -hmm. So rentals on multifamily, they have to be very strategic. So this is where it comes back from the single family. Single family, if you mess up, as long as the market, uh, market um, appreciation is still going on, you, you can still make your money. Whereas multifamily, it's usually a bit more costly because costly, you're paying for multiple units. You're not just doing one. Yeah. So if you overspend on one, it's okay. You learned your lesson. But if you have, let's say, a 17-unit, 18-unit building and you overspend on every unit, you're, you're going to be in a heavy deficit if you mess up. So that's when you have to take an account, into account what kind of money are you going to be pulling out. So if it's, let's say, a Burr project where you want to refinance and pull your equity out, if you overspend on the rentals, and your refinance isn't going to cover all that equity, I mean, all that uh, capital you put into it, then you're going to run into some trouble. So it has to be well thought out, well planned, and you have to go in strategically. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I find client me, it's easy to overspend, especially on uh, multifamily projects mm -hmm. and not having a good investor focused kind of contractor or even like real estate agent to kind yeah. of help guide you with what the market is like, I don't think people really understand that how different a renovation, like an, a simple renovation in Toronto is so much more different than a paint job down here yeah. because you're, there's this different level of expectation because you're in Toronto wow. or in Brampton, whereas mm -hmm. down here, you know, you're getting a lot more students and the, the high end is not the same level of high end. Which yeah. I, I assume you agree. Yeah, hundred percent. Cause that, that happens with a lot of investors when they first come here and they look at these houses or multifamilies and they're expecting GTA level houses Yep. and they see the quality of the houses here. And, but what you have to keep in mind is these are investments. It's not something that it's not your dream house. You're not going in there and living there personal. It's an investment. You have to see what makes sense. Are the finishes durable you, for your personal house? You want, might want the best custom, nicest hardwood flooring. Yeah. Do you want that in your investment property where students are going to be dragging furniture in and out, having a party, let's say whatever you want some more durable, maybe vinyl flooring or something like that might not be GTA style home quality, but investment side, it, it's what makes sense. It's more durable, lasts longer. And that's, you have to see what kind of value you can pull from every single piece of material you use in your renovation. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit more about, um, kind of your start, like, how did you start in investing? I know you mentioned your, uh, your mentor, I guess, got you into yeah. becoming a real estate agent, but what, what put you over the top to start investing in real estate or what really kind of changed your mind for that, that moment? Well, you? well, I was in school and during school, it took me seven years to graduate. Cause what I used to do was throw parties to make money. Okay. And so I was already good at promoting, doing all of that. And as well as I was in the army. Yeah. We were in the unit and it was a lot of hard work. And I thought about what I want to do next. And everyone's going into these nine to fives. They're locked down. They don't have a lot of free time. And the, the capital you build up that way 
is it's not that much. So it's hard to expand into any sort of investing, whether real estate or outside. What I realized getting into real estate was everything's dictated on your own terms. No one's going to call me and tell me I have to wake up, show up to work. Yeah. If I don't want to go to work for four weeks, no one's going to call me. So you it's, just enjoy that flexibility. Yeah, it's, it's that flexibility. But when you're working for yourself and you have that flexibility, you're that much more motivated. So it's the funny thing. I tell people all the time, like you probably heard this from other investors and other um, businessmen or entrepreneurs where they say, I don't want to work that nine to five, but then we end up working 12 hours, 14 hour days. I can attest to that for sure. Yeah. Where, you know, that sometimes I feel like the day never ends. But, yeah. Uh, it's, it's what we do. It's what, I don't know. It's the hustle, right? Yeah, exactly. And then the payoff is also much greater, right? For sure. Eventually it does pay off. Yeah. Eventually <laughs> it's, it's slow. Can't expect it all at once. Yeah, no, for sure. Hard work isn't easy. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank So, so you're doing a bunch of side hustles and you got into real estate, but what made you want to invest? Invest? Real, like where, like, where did you first start investing? Yeah. Like, were you doing stocks? Were like, did you buy properties out here? Like what, like, yeah, no what age did you hit? I mean, you're, you're a pretty young guy too. You're 25, yeah, 25 you're doing yeah. a lot of, uh, big things. So it's, it's really nice to see younger yeah. people being out here and doing, you know, like really big things that it's inspiring to, to a lot of people. Like it's, everybody can do it. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a rocket scientist. It's definitely having good mentors, good teams, yeah. uh, people working together. So what was it for you? Like, when did you start? investing outside of throwing parties when you were younger yeah for a great time but like yeah. when did you start putting your money to to work for you yeah so it was like about a year and a half two years ago mm-hmm. and then i realized how money you have to make your money work for you and i originally i thought i was going to invest in waterloo because i went to school there i i knew every street on the back of my hand i knew exactly where i could rent where i couldn't rent and i knew what the the rent values would yeah. be so even without being in real estate i sort of knew the background because i went there myself um, but then I realized the cost down there was much greater than I could even af- think of affording at the time. Mm-hmm. And whereas my mentor and my buddy, we were friends for years and he was always talking about Windsor. So when he brought me down here, it made a lot more sense. It was rent values were the same, but the cost of getting the capital needed to get started yeah. was much lower. So like if you look at a $500,000 home mm-hmm. to start out 5%, if you can get a mortgage done, it's only 25000 Yeah. Whereas if you're looking at a million dollar house, you're not getting that at 5%. And see, it's a lot of capital. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then did you like pool together money with friends, family? Like, well, with, how did you, how did you come up with that? It's just really like, you know, trying to open it up to the younger, newer investing crowd, not necessarily younger because you can invest at any age. Yeah. Um, like how you put together that money, like one of the previous guests, you know, he pulled money with his parents yeah. and he used their equity and their home to help. You know, he convinced his family to get out and yeah, and trust into what he was saying. And then, yeah. you know, they started buying their their first property and they turned it into a triplex. So what? Yeah. It, like, what was it? What was your strategy yeah. for me? Well, so I had some people that trusted my my knowledge because I knew what I was talking about. Of course, I didn't have the capital to just start going out and buying everything myself, even though I knew it would make money. Yeah, still needed the capital. So I had some people that trusted me enough to listen to what I was saying, gave me a trial shot. When it came back to buying my first house, I did put together some capital and then of course, mortgage issues, which go wrong. I had a partner. So we went 50, 50, he put out 50% of the capital. I did the legwork, found the deal, set everything up, mm-hmm. but that's how I started. And then from there, 
Now it just comes down to building capital, reinvesting the money I made off already done deals and properties yeah. and just recycling, re- that recycling that money and just going back. Wow, that's amazing. Um, what about being, you mentioned you were in the military. Obviously we were in the military together. Uh, did you find any of that helpful at all? I think dealing with high pressure, like stress situations. So in, in the army, we're always put under that, those tight squeezes where you have no time, but you got to think fast. You got to act. I think that in investment paid off well, because sometimes these, deal, these deals come around and you only have like an hour to think about it because you'll get a call and they'll be like, this is the property. This is the deal. Do you want it? Yes. No. Do you know someone who wants it? Yes. No. You have to, with a cool level headed head, you have yeah. to think about it. You have to run the numbers. Does it make sense? If it makes sense, you have to, you have to trust in yourself enough to sort of pull the trigger and go for it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think definitely look, dealing with that high level stress has definitely allowed me to do a lot more things and even believing in myself and knowing like, you know, when you're on that march and you're walking yeah. and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I can take one more step. Yeah. And then you have a good team around you, your buddies, and they're like, yeah. oh man, like you can't keep quit on us, let's keep yeah. going. And then, you know, two hours later, you're like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I can do this last step. And then you just <laughs> keep going and yeah. then, like another two hours goes by. And it's, uh, it's, it's incredible to see what, how far you can put yourself with, uh, with the right support around you. Right. Yeah. Thousand percent. And that goes with investing too. Cause anyone, if you're an investor just for yourself, it doesn't work the best. Cause you're, you're, you're being selfish. But like, for me, I think about my family, I have two younger sisters, I have my parents. So every time I'm making an investment decision, I'm also thinking of them. So that's why it works better. Cause I know I have a support system. So when something goes right, it goes right for everyone. Same thing in the army. If you do something right, everyone did something right. Yeah, and the team. Yeah, the mm-hmm. team effort. No, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important, especially like trying to like myself as well. Like I think of my family, my kids, my brothers and stuff like that. I'm trying to make generational wealth versus mm-hmm. just today's wealth, right? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a much different world, I think. And especially with inflation and interest yeah. rates going up, I think it's going to be harder for the newer generation to afford things. But I think there's definitely going to be some great opportunities coming up because it is going to be more difficult for other investors to purchase. But I think there's going to be some really interesting times ahead. Yeah. Especially from our investor perspective. What are your thoughts on the uh, interest rates and everything? Kind of like where we are going with the inflation and everything. So that's actually like a super interesting topic. Everyone I talk to is talking about it and they always say, it's either someone who's a, a new investor. They're like, oh, I don't want to touch the market right now. I don't know what's going on. Yep. I just want to see where the market leads to. And then, but the really smart investors that I talk to, they're actually having the time of their lives right now. Because what they see is they see high interest rates, but a huge discount on the property itself. So what people are considering is if you go back, let's say four months ago, you're overpaying for these properties. Yep. Let's say you went 200, 300K over paying a low interest rate, but you're also overpaying for the house. Now you're paying a huge discount on the property itself. Even with the high interest rate, your mortgage is very comparable to when you were overpaying for a property. So when you're an investor and all you're looking at is cash flow and your uh, your analysis is based on numbers, you can still run those numbers. Now your cost of acquisition is just a lot lower and your, your burn rate is just a little higher, but you have to take into account if you, if you buy a property, let's say a single family Windsor house uh, in the university area, two months ago, they were going, they were about in the $600,000 range. Now you can pick them up 
in the 400s, even lower in the threes. So we're still talking about 2022, right? I just talking about 2022. Honestly, when we were driving around, you kind of like blew my lens yeah. with the prices, not knowing much about yeah. winter. So it's very, uh, so, so when you're buying those low cost homes now yeah. at a huge discount, eventually interest rates will drop. Yeah, it might, it's, it might not happen for a year, two years, three years, who knows, but it's going to drop at a certain point. You're going to have so much equity built into the house. That's when you cash out. And that's what these smarter long-term investors are thinking about. And the funny thing is even realtors haven't adapted. So everyone thinks every realtor knows everything. It's not true. Even in Windsor, there's a lot of realtors who are expecting, I, I try to work a deal with them on a house. Yeah. They're like, no, two months ago, I would have sold for 500, 550, 600. That's what I want today. It's not how the business works. The clients aren't there for that anymore. So those houses are going to stay on the market. Inventory is growing. And the smart investors are just going in and picking off the really good deals that they're finding. Oh, it's amazing. Um, so you talk about investing um, in like, where are you finding your investors? Like, are, do you find like a lot of out of towners are investing in Windsor? Mm -hmm. you find like, some local people investing within Windsor as well? Like what's, what, mm -hmm. what's the dynamic? There's a lot of local investors. Uh, it's, it's sort of the smarter investors who have thought this through. They've been here for so long. They've seen the trends. They now, especially now they see it's, it's a good time for them to get in. 90% of my investors though, come from out of town, the GTA mostly, because they, they know the market down there and they're trying to branch out, trying to get into these lower capital, like lower cost markets like right. Windsor. So they reach out and they, they see sort of my social media. They see what I'm doing out here. No, for sure. Reach out. Honestly, how I connected again with you, cause yeah. for sure, you know, you, we were in the army together. I'm no longer in the army. You kind of moved out here yeah. and that we haven't really connected with a nice yeah. being social on my Instagram yeah. and stuff and my TikToks. And then I started watching your story and it's been an incredible story to watch and see what you were doing, which is why I reached out to you. Cause I think there's some interesting stuff that you are doing out here with your team and, and your partners. So really cool. Congrats to you. Thank you. Um, so that. with that, like, what would you tell, you know, private Aftab yeah. about the, uh, about investing or getting started if you could go back? Oh man, if I could go back, I would just, I would start sooner. So here's, here's the one thing, like when I was buying my first house, I took so long, even though I knew the whole game plan, I, I kept thinking, I kept doubting. I was like, should I do it? Should I do it? Which one should I get? It was never perfect. It's always harder to buy for yourself. When I tell run the game plan for other investors, like these are the numbers that make sense. Like it's good to go. So if I went back to private after private Dylan, when I first started, I'd be like, listen, don't spend any of your paycheck on any parties. Don't go out. Don't do this. Save up your cash, go out and buy a house right away. If I started four or five years ago, oh my God, I would have been way beyond where I am now. Do you think having uh, your mentor, would you have listened to your mentor sooner? I guess when he was kind of saying uh, like, is he, hey this, man, yeah. this is it. You're this guy coming. Yeah. That's, that's a tough thing. That's the other thing. You're going you're gonna to realize it when you realize it, right? Yeah. So when I was younger and like I was telling you, I used to throw those parties in Waterloo and everything. You could not drag me out of that. I thought I was the, I was on top of the world throwing yeah. parties. Everyone was talking to me. They were like, oh my God, we're going to your house. We're doing this. I was like, I'm, I'm good where I am. I don't yeah. need to worry about anything else. Investing was the last thing on my mind. But now when I look back, I was like, oh shit, I should have maybe invested in, maybe that money I made from yeah, yeah. those parties, if I threw into some houses, 
I could have thrown better parties. Yeah. What, like how much, how much would have property been 10 years ago here? Oh my God. I don't even want to think about it. Like, <laughs> like 40,000. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. God. That's intense. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess, um, do you work with contractors when you do these projects yourselves? Yeah. Like what kind of contractors do you work with? Are you working with just regular contractors and rest focused contractors? Um, and if so, like what kind of hurdles or pain points do you have with contractors just in general mm-hmm. and how has a more investor focused contractor kind of helped in some of those? Yeah. So I, th- I feel like anytime you're getting into investment properties, you have to have investor focused contractors because a general contractor, you can't scale up because yeah, maybe if you're starting out, you have one house and you get a general contractor, he'll, he'll be able to manage that. But if you scale up into multifamily, you can't handle the load of multiple units. If you go four units, eight units, 10 units, yeah, he's, he's not going to be able to scale up to that. Whereas the investor focused contractors, they know exactly when they need more help. They have the, the teams in place to hire their own manpower. So depending on the job, they can bring more people in, but it's always a pain. So like now I'm pretty set with a, I have, I, if I need an electrician, I have my go-to guys. Yep. If I need a plumber, I have my go-to people, but every once in a while, situations change. Electrician might be gone, might need to find a new one. You never know what you're going to get. You sometimes people, they overpromise then under deliver. I'd rather have someone who over delivers and under promises all day long, but that comes with experience and time. You're, you're never going to know when, if, if the guy you hire, you're, you're not going to know 100% if he's going to do a good job. No matter what he says, what proof he shows you, what prior work he shows you, because yeah. you never know what, what situation has changed for them. So it's always a little bit of a risk, but once you get, once you get a good contractor an investor contractor, once you get them on lock, you see, he does a good job. Don't let him go. Don't let him go. Add him to your team, add him to your roster. Keep them by. Do you find your contractors help? Um, like I find when we deal with investor focused contractors, they're actually out there to help your projects succeed where it finds sometimes the general contractors are out there just trying to make the most money on the project. Yeah. So yeah, general contractors, yeah, they, they already know they're used to having a client come to them for one project and that's it. So they want to, they want to milk that one project for as much as they can. Even if you let them know, listen, I'm an investor and I'm going to keep coming back to you. They're not wired to not milk you for every single yeah. last penny. Investor contractors, they know the, they know the game plan. They know whether it's a, it's a quick flip or a, a gut job. They know what they're going to be with you for the long haul. And even with my investor contractors, each investor does things differently. So something like my team does yeah. is like when we, whenever we do a bathroom, everyone knows our bathrooms because we throw up Costco light up mirrors because all our tenants, all our, all the people we have that yeah. rent from us, they love that. They, they go into the bathroom, they turn lights on, mirror lights up, and they're like, oh, this is an amazing bathroom. So like my contractors already know when I, when I get them to go into the bathroom, they're like, light up mirror. Like they don't even have it's to like ask. It's a signature. Yeah. They, <laughs> like they know. So it's like little differences. Every investor, they do things differently, but they once they learn your pattern, it's just rinse and repeat with these investments. Yeah, no, I find for sure. Cause I was obviously involved heavily in, in investing focused contracting. Um, you know, for me, I would look at clients like you as Netflix subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just do a good job on the first show. Yeah. And then 
you know, you're going to be like, Hey, I got another unit on bacon. I got another unit yeah. bacon. And as long as we follow your recipe and know your recipe, yeah, it allows us to like, you know, expand everything and then keep your formula in our system. Yeah. Like you're saying like that signature, I have my clients that I have their signature paint, their signature floor, their signature yeah. trim. You're just like, Hey, here's the address. Let me know when it's done. And then that's kind of how yeah, we, exactly. we worked it. And it, it was definitely uh, it's super nice, easy, clean. And I don't know why more contractors don't uh, jump on the system because there's obviously lots of units being turned over. Yeah, on a basis. exactly. It's, it comes down to the contractors with the long-term goal, right? Cause they know invest it like the contractors I use per project, they're charging me less than any general contractor would, but they know in the long term, it's, it's a numbers game. They're getting, they're getting a, a, a huge quantity. Myself, my team, our clients, everyone's going to use them. So if they try to overcharge me on one project, they're not getting the next. So they know, give me a good deal on every single project and they'll get them all. Speaking of contractors and I don't know, different things, we're going to pop up some videos on our show here and we're going to see, I don't know, our producer always has a bunch of random stuff. Sometimes contractor yeah. fails and a bunch of good real estate agents uh fills and let me turn my phone anyway this guy got an online lead and he was working at and he showed a few properties and he not posing him in just about a week it was a common townhouse and they wanted for this specific guy you know put together the offer and he went to his team leader he's like are you sure this isn't overpriced it seems a little bit overpriced the guy's like no do you want to make money just put it on paper and that's it yeah, yeah it's tough I, I don't know how you guys deal with that like this is what i was talking previously so this girl's talking about a deal that she seemed felt like it was overpriced yeah. somebody accepted the offer they made the deal and then i'm sure she's going to talk about the outfall of this yeah the value yeah i'm going to pause it right there let's talk a little bit about that like value like overpricing and value like i find like uh Again, kind of like when I was talking about the introduction, how important it is to have a good person on your team to kind of help gauge yep. actual values of homes. Cause this is probably happening a lot more and more. So maybe before they started raising interest yeah. rates, but like people just doing that wild bids, yeah. you know, the bank's going to give them a, you know, $700,000 mortgage. And then when yeah. they go and the appraisal comes in, yeah. the numbers are there. Yeah. So now, you know, the client's stuck, which is what um, yeah. TikTok's about. The client's going to be stuck with trying to come up with an extra 200K. In yeah, exactly. Or... It goes, it goes both ways too, right? So when you look on the buying side, you can't overpay, but you also can't expect to underpay, mm. right? So like right now people are saying interest rates are high. Let's go super low ball. Like low balling is a-okay. I do that all the time. Go under, see if you can get a deal, but there's a point. Like if it just doesn't make sense, if yeah, it's, if it's don't insult them. <laughs> and then as well as if you go over, it's, it's your job to coach your clients, right? If, if my client really wants a house, he wants to buy it, but listen, I have to give him the talk. Like, I know you really like this house. You want this house, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Do not go in at this price. Also on the other side, if let's say this agent for his buyer isn't the best, he's going to go 300 K over asking. Yeah. I'm the seller's agent. I get this offer. And I have, let's say two offers here, three offers here, all reasonable, maybe even above asking, but I know the bank will appraise funding's okay. Then I have this offer that's way out of the park, way over here. Like, yeah, my client's going to be like, yeah, I want that 300 K over. I want that 500 K over, but I have to give them the talk. Like, listen, the bank's not going to appraise that. I, I know you think your property's worth that, but it's not. The bank's not going to appraise them. So. Two months from now, when closing time comes, three months from now, 
when the bank doesn't appraise them and they can't close, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so do you, do you find that a difficult conversation? I guess bringing, cause they're selling the house. Yeah. Clients get excited at times, yeah. right? Like I know for sure it's, it's an exciting moment buying or selling. I think it's, it depends on what kind of agent you are, right? You have to manage expectations from the beginning. So like I, I deal with investors, yes. like I'm investor focused. So my clients are all numbers based. So from the beginning, we talk numbers. So what makes sense? What does it? Mm-hmm. And I give them the, I give them a serious talk. Like, listen, if, if they're trying to go, if they're trying to purchase a property and it's way over asking, I, I just let them know, like numbers don't make sense. Done. Move on to the next. We don't even have to worry because they know numbers don't make sense. Going way under asking, I'm like, listen, if we're going to sell this property for you, would you go this under? Numbers look really good at this point too, but you, you have to manage expectations. You have to work with your client, but you have to start from the beginning. You can't, like I said before, don't over promise and under deliver. Yeah, right. Right. right so for you, sure. You just have to start early. Okay. Let's go to this next video here. So when it comes to bathroom rentals. Okay. So it's a bathroom renovation. Right. 15k for this bathroom renter it's a tub oh oh man a wrong contractor that's something that's should have been seen way early do you do you you see a lot of um i guess contractor fails or i don't Uh, don't know do we put this on the contract do we put this on the client sometimes clients are very uh, i think this goes both way yeah sometimes clients pick pretty shitty contractors from the go and they charge next to nothing yeah. But like this one, they said they paid 15K. So yeah. that's a pretty hefty amount. Like, For sure. Um, Windsor, I've seen it all. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. Like you, you've probably seen those TikToks, the landlord special. I've, I've oh, seen yes. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen every kind of landlord special yeah, in Windsor. We should have got one of those TikToks. Yeah. Oh, those are good. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. Yeah. But this is definitely, this is basically oh, a landlord yeah. special right here. Oh, we get. Let's go to the third one here. Okay, so it's a nice kitchen, oh. fridge, still stainless steel appliances. Looks like it's quartz oh, countertops. Oh, <laughs> so the cabinets are right up against the stove. Yeah, can't open. There's no cupboards above the yeah. stove or the fridge. Oh, yeah. And oh, the pantry's yeah, also, yeah, the also blocked in too. on both sides. Oh, this is just poor planning. Just happens often, right? Like yeah. these photos will show up. Yeah. On, uh, yeah, because if, if you Instagram, yeah, if you see that on a listing, you're like, oh, this looks nice and renovated and amazing. Yeah, you can't even tell that the cabinets were butted up against the appliances yeah. until uh, until yeah. she zoomed in. Uh, so those are funny. Like yeah. that, I guess. And I can't imagine that doesn't happen often. But it's one of those perfect yeah. Uh, yeah. real estate investor yeah. Yeah. landlord special. Yeah, landlord special. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Thank you so much for this. Uh, this is when you have so we have a bathroom rough in yeah, and then it just it I don't even know why they have giant loops to the left I am going I'm going to assume they're planning on putting a water fixture on this side probably where the contractor was charging by the team yeah or yeah that's another good uh contractor charging by the foot one um yeah, no, I think you're right. I think they're probably planning on putting something there. Yeah, the it just seems like a vanity or maybe like a, a kitchen on the other side uh-huh. is what I would assume. This is one of my first flips ever. Chase, beautiful house. Bought for the wholesaler. Three ninety five. It's not a bad price at all. Five hundred k fixed style. Does it say? It said they thought it was worth five hundred once fixed up. Once fixed up. I didn't say where it's from. 
Old carpet. Stated house, probably that's seven. So excited. This house looks good. We put it up to sale. They lower the price every week, every three weeks. Oh, man. Oh, they sold for 38. How much did they lose? They lost 35k. Also, for just doing flooring lighting, that's, that's an expensive rental. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But do you find like, um, when you're looking at these kind of purchasing from wholesalers and just trying to do these quick little flips, I find they're a lot more difficult to do today mm -hmm. in today's market yeah. versus, you know, five years ago. Oh, yeah. Were like, it was absolutely. Yeah, fun. exactly. And that's the thing, right? You never know what you're getting into, especially with wholesalers. They wholesalers, they, they hunt for these deals. They lock down such low prices without asking questions because their yeah. goal is to just wholesale it. So if whenever I get a, a deal from a wholesaler, I have to analyze I look into the property. I go back yeah. and is there any work order orders on the property? What's going on? Cause I know he just made the deal happen in an hour and got it under contract. And now he's selling that contract to me. Yeah. So you have to make sure like what you're buying is what's being projected. Right. But sometimes it's a risk and you have to see what your risk tolerance is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, those can be interesting. Let's see what's in the yeah. next one here. So fourth, fifth one now. Oh, so we got the last one here. Today in Adventures of Waivers. Okay, so they're walking in the front door. She's gonna show. Let's see, she's showing a house, a duplex. Let's have a kitchen. Well, and no, front entrance. That's a walk-in shot. Uh, walk-in shot right, right at the front, front entrance. Yeah. Not even finished. Yeah. Last gonna be an hour. I don't know. I don't think yeah, I've ever oh, seen no. that at all. I've never seen that. For yeah. Sure. You know, it's pretty interesting when you have investors, I, I feel like it's, you know, these newer investors too, and they're, and like some bad agents, kind of both of them working hand in hand, like they aren't real estate investor focused agents. They're just trying to make their commission. Yeah. And then you have, you know, the knowing, but slightly unknowing new investor and they're just like, okay, let's just fit an extra bathroom in yeah. here. And, and I don't know who it is. If the agent's like, yeah, sure. We can just put a little make lipstick and make it work. Or you have the, the investor like, no, 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 we need to yeah. put this in. I need to get that to yeah. try to help bump that value. Yeah. And you find like, oh man, I can't believe yeah. how many you can find of these. Yeah. I, I saw a listing just yesterday, actually, that reminds me of that is one of the bedrooms you walked in. It was just a large bathroom and someone had a bed in the corner. I, so I guess they rented that bathroom out as a bedroom <laughs> just because <laughs> it was so large. And I, I was looking at the listing and I just kept. I was like staring at it for a while. I was like, who chose to live in there? And then my next question was, I was like, is that a shared bathroom? Or is that <laughs> just for the first? Yeah, it's, it? it's, uh, it's incredible sometimes like what you can find, especially from a renovation perspective. I've, I have not, there are no shortages of sales in, in the reno for sure. Uh, in general, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so. So we're going to top up our drinks. Yeah. Are we have some ice? Oh, ice is all melted. Can we read on our ice? Um, yeah, I see that with like some of the houses, like I showed you that eight bedroom house today. Yeah. And, but when you walk into the house, you say eight bedrooms, but everything's well laid out. I have three separate bathrooms. I have living space. I have basement has a living space. 
bedrooms are spread out. Nothing is like overlapping. But then other clients see that they're like, oh, eight bedrooms fit in this house. It's going to fit in my house as well. My house is a little larger, but it also depends on the layout. Yeah, layouts are huge for sure. That's one of the things I do even for our investor uh, clients is like, I can look at like that building you showed me the other day when we were chatting on Instagram and you were like, hey, Mark, look at this building. What do you think? What are your thoughts? And I was like, okay, all I see is, okay, we can add probably two more units. Mm -hmm. These, these, these kitchens and bathrooms, like it's perfect for renos. We can convert out the boiler, add some mini split units. Like that's the kind of stuff I can see because I've, you can't, you say contractors say can't, they can't see through walls, but like if you've broken down a hundred walls, you can start imagining what's behind those walls and find that like, um, I would like having a really good contractor can help you see through those walls to avoid some of those, uh, mistakes and see those opportunities and like understanding what a good layout is. Like I'll get some listings from some agents and they'll be like, Hey, what do you think about this? It's like listed for a duplex. And I look at it and I'm like, I can't fit a duplex. Like it's not going to work. Yeah. Because the layer, like the one we went in today, was really yeah. nice. You know, you walk in, you have a big open space, you have a little kitchenette, and then you had the two bedrooms on the main floor bathroom right off to the sides. And then you had the whole extra living space upstairs, which mm-hmm. is like, again, right? Good layout. That's definitely uh, important with with investing and yeah. trying to create multifamily uh, properties. So she's zoning. Like, I don't, I know we didn't touch on zoning, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of agents will say, yeah, you can turn this into a duplex or a triplex. And, you know, my clients will ask me when I do a lot of walkthroughs with my clients b- before they purchase. Yeah. So I can kind of give them my Coles notes on the budgets. Can you turn this? Like, yeah. this is a good layer. This yeah. isn't a good layout. And, you know, one of the first things I do is like, give me the, give me the address and I'll find out the zoning yeah. and I'll, I'll look, okay, yeah. it's zoned for a triplex, but you're not going to yeah. get a triplex because there's no parking yeah. and the city won't allow you to use your front lawn yeah. as parking. You can only do it in the back. Yeah. There's no laneway and you don't have yeah. access on the back and I can immediately start eliminating deals yeah. for our clients exactly. kind of helping them yeah. along the way, which it, is where I think it happens all the time. Like sometimes I see realtors market prop single family houses. They're split up like they're duplexes, like an up and down yeah. or basement unit. And the listing will say duplex, everything will say duplex. But then you go into the the actual property report, still a single family house, but they're marketing it like it's a legal duplex. It's it's not, and that's where you lose value. And then the other thing you see, like you were asking me earlier about ADUs and how yeah. weather is with that. Funny thing is, if you look at a lot of the duplex listings here, they'll have huge backyards with laneways. Actually, let's just go back. So ADU, just explain what yeah. ADU is. Uh, additional dwelling unit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's basically adding a unit as a separate structure yeah. from your existing mm-hmm. unit. It's like putting a, a mini house or... Yeah, like so a, you can have a, garden, yeah. garden suites or laneway yeah. housing or auxiliary dwelling units. Exactly. Um, okay, so I just wanted to just kind of clear yeah. the, our listeners listening in. To yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Exactly, no worries. So like ADUs, you were asking me earlier, how is Windsor with ADUs? And it's super popular now in Windsor. A lot of people are throwing them up. There's companies dedicated to only doing ADUs here where they come, check it out, and they'll throw it up for you. No issues. I'll see a lot of duplexes and triplexes here with huge lots, huge backyards with the laneway setbacks, everything. And listing will say ADU, great po- great potential for ADU. And every time I see those listings, I laugh because when you look at the requirements for Windsor and ADUs, it, it says if there's a multifamily on the, the property already, you can't add an ADU. Oh, see, so like, yeah, it, it's, it's funny because this is where like, it's tough because education is so important 
even just because someone's an agent or just because someone's a contractor or just because somebody's, you know, a mortgage mm-hmm. broker doesn't mean they know everything and are yeah. the best at everything. So it's important to find like yeah. these investor focus or these niche, I will call them people yeah. that are going to be out there who understand and are looking at all of these rules that are out there to help you versus somebody like who you're using to purchase your personal home might be a completely different type of realtor or contractor and mortgage broker because your goals and and what you're trying to do are completely different. So yeah. it's definitely more out there for the listeners to make sure you have a strong team and, and, uh, and mm-hmm. a good outlook on uh, who you're using yeah. for for this stuff, but it's also difficult to find great guys. So like you said earlier with yeah. the, the contractor, if you find a good agent or a good contractor, yeah. just hang out to those guys yeah. and, and don't let them go. Yeah. Um, so with that, what else, what else are you going to be up to? Like what, where, where are you current, where are you currently, where are you, where are you going? What's next for, uh, after next? this just opened up oh, yeah. this uh, space. So I assume you got all the things, you know, so like, we want to, we want to bring Windsor to light to more people in the GTA. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from the GTA already know about Windsor. A lot of investors are coming down this way, but we just want to shine more light down here. So there's only one or two teams in Windsor right now that are really doing the social media game, really showcasing all of Windsor. And that's why our team and everyone, we have this building. We're, we're going big. We're putting our money into Windsor because we believe in it. So that's the only thing we want to do is just bring more of the clientele from the GTA, showcase them what exactly Windsor is and just get them coming here. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so how do our listeners get a hold of you or your socials? I mean, I know we're going to put them on the... Yeah. So all my socials, so TikTok, Instagram, it's just my name, Aftab Dylan. Um, it'll be written down A-F-T-A-A-B-D-H-I-L-L-O-N. And then you can connect to me, uh, connect with me from there. Um, my numbers are there, my, everything's there, but Instagram is usually the best bet to get a hold of me. Okay. Um, is there anything else we didn't talk about that maybe you want to touch on, especially if, since you're trying to shine a light on Windsor? I mean, you showed me some beautiful things, amazing beaches, yeah. <laughs> uh, really nice, yeah. you know, like sightseeing and like yeah. lots of really Shoju, beautiful homes. Yeah. Lakeshore, what people don't know. Yeah. Lakeshore, yeah. that's really nice community yeah. there that I would have never imagined yeah. existed in this. In no this. one ever Like thinks, from my yeah. mind, like, you know, I've been to Windsor, I've probably driven by it a bunch of times, but I've yeah. never really stop to take it in and yeah. it was definitely uh yeah a good highlight so it's it's because whenever people drive to windsor it's usually to use the border to cross and what happens is they drive down the highway get straight to ambassador bridge they see the university they see university housing and they drive on they miss like the houses you saw today i don't think you thought those existed over no, here. not yeah. a chance not yeah. a chance it was like being in california or like miami like those were some yeah. incredibly uh, designed houses, really beautiful landscape and everything like that. Also maybe talk about a little bit of what's coming into Windsor. I know you were mentioning earlier in our drive. So maybe you can touch on that of like why it's a good place to invest. Like where are the jobs coming from? What's going to happening in the city that you know of that's coming in the next, you know, five to 10 years. So right off the bat, like the biggest one for the city is the new bridge. So that's something that was being discussed for years and years and years. And it just for political reasons. It just wasn't possible, but now situation has changed. They've started building the second bridge. So that's going to drive more business coming in and out of the both Detroit and Windsor. The connectivity between the cities is growing stronger and stronger. Then on this side, we have the new Amazon facility coming. We have the battery plant coming. 
Then we have the company that makes the casings for the battery plant. They're also coming here and starting up their factories. The mega hospital is a huge one. So a lot of nurses and doctors are also pushing to coming towards Windsor right now because they want to be a part of this new mega hospital. They want to be a part of the research. They want to be just get into that as early as they can. So a lot of things are coming to this city and as well as on the other side of the border, Detroit's also growing so heavily. So both these cities, they used to be once the richest cities died down with the, the motor companies, yeah. but now they're just, they're being revived once again. Now it's amazing. It, honestly, again, right? Like I think you definitely blew my mind to uh, Windsor. I'm sure we'll be chatting about our future investments here for sure. Yeah. Cause there's uh, there's lots to offer in the city that yes. definitely didn't know about until uh, you took me for a ride. So yeah. uh, do you have Discord? Not yet. Do you know what Discord is? I know what it is. I've heard about it. Okay. So basically it's like a, it's like a platform where you can communicate and it's, uh, what do you want to call it? They, I don't know, forum, yeah, forum it's yeah. online, online forum. Uh, we're building out a discord, uh, for our community. It's all the info is going to be below, or you can click the link and it's basically, we're going to have our team on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to be talking about, you know, house investing, multifamily investing. Uh, we're now like kind of talking to you today, maybe mm-hmm. in just different cities and we can kind of connect to different people with, um, on there so you can just kind of ask any questions and have it answered and kind of like working yeah. together as a community and building out something that will help everybody drive, you know, connections with each other that will yeah. help us become better investors as, yeah. as a community. Yeah. And I think it's a pretty, uh, I think, cool thing. I think that's a great idea because what everyone forgets is there's so much business in the city and helping each other grow just helps everyone grow all together. Yeah. I find it's, a, it's, it's a huge, you know, we were kind of talking about earlier, but pre prior to, uh, you know, this technological day and age, it was, there was more of a boys club and more of like, yeah. if you knew the right people, then you would be able to get ahead. But nowadays we can all connect on all yeah. levels and, you know, across, uh, the country and even, you know, internationally so much yeah. easier and you can learn from each other. And, and I think it's a strong thing that this younger generation is building. And I, you know, kind of want to be a part of it and help, help grow, especially for investors. Like what, wouldn't it be nice to help? somebody else find out that they should stop throwing parties and investing yeah. sooner, right? Exactly. Yeah. Help build these things. Yeah. So, so we're doing that. And then all of my socials are uh, taco investments, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. So it was nice having you on the show. Thank you. And, for having uh, we're going to have to be back for your next, uh, next office opening. <laughs> next opening. Uh, no, for sure. Yeah. Maybe the one year re- reunion of your office. Oh, open. I'm sure you'll have like, I didn't even think party. about that, but now I'm sitting yeah. really open, right? It's like, yeah, the days are ticking down. Yeah. Days are ticking down. Uh, yeah. And maybe we can get your partners on here and we can chat a little more, but yeah, uh, for sure. I think they'd love that great experience. And yeah. thanks for showing us Windsor, man. Oh no. Anytime. All right. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. In. Hope you enjoyed the show and thanks for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Talk About Investing. Join the conversation on our Discord server for more tips, advice, and speak directly to the pros and also get access to our rental management platform. If you have any ideas for the show or any feedback, hit me up on my socials and let's continue to talk about investing.